The following is a presentation of the Open Door Bible Baptist Church and Pastor Chris Tice. For more audio and video content, please check us out on the web at www.opendoornj.org. As we look at this passage of Scripture, just kind of briefly, um, there's something as you look at uh, this prayer, and it's interesting because after Hannah left her son with Eli, think about how you might have felt uh, after you received from the Lord this son you prayed, this child you prayed for, and now she's leaving him behind. She's leaving the desire of her heart. She's leaving what she had prayed for. She's leaving the, the blessing that she had received. She's leaving it there with the Lord. She's leaving it there at the house of God. And, uh, you know, she could have gone off alone and had a good cry, but instead, you notice her attitude was that she praised the Lord. Her response was not feeling sorry for herself, but her response was glory to the Lord and praise the Lord for what he had done. You know, the, the truth is tonight, the world doesn't understand the relationship in the believer's life between sacrifice and song. You know, how God's people can sing their way into sacrifice and sacrifice their way into singing. Think about that. God's people can sing their way into sacrifice and sacrifice their way into singing. You think about those martyrs that died for their faith that did so singing, praising to the Lord. You think about Paul and Silas at midnight singing praises to the Lord in the prison and how God's people are able to do that, that we have a song in our heart, that we have praise to our God, even in a difficult time, in a discouraging time, in a desperate time uh, that, that Hannah had, but then also in a rejoicing time because God had, had blessed her. She was barren and now she was full. Uh, she was empty and now she was full. She, she didn't have and now she had, but then she was giving up what she had because she understood the most important thing she got was not Samuel, but the Lord. The most important thing she had received is is, is uh, the Lord's promises fulfilled in her life, that she saw God at work in her life. And uh, sometimes we can be very selfish in praying, but notice in her prayer, I want you to see this tonight. We're going to move through this quick, but follow with me. No, number one, the joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord. What does the Bible say about the joy of the Lord? It's our strength. It's our strength. You know, so many Christians are weak because they have temporal joy, circumstantial joy, geographic joy, you know, whether or not they have uh, the people around them, uh, the right circumstances around them, the right conditions around them in order for them to have joy. That's not the joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord is, is, is not the absence of trouble. It's the presence of God. The joy of the Lord is knowing that God is with me and that I can always rejoice in the Lord. In whatsoever state I am, I can be content. In, in everything I can give thanks, for this is the will of God. Hey, there's always a song for the believer in every situation. There's always something we can sing. Don't let circumstances take away your joy. Don't let sorrow take away your song. You, know, you notice Hannah praying. She's rejoicing at the same time. She was thinking of God's blessing to the nation of Israel as well as to herself and to her home. You know, when prayer is selfish, it isn't spiritual. Did you get that? When prayer is selfish, it isn't spiritual. When prayer is selfish, it doesn't honor God. When prayer is self-focused, it's not about God. It's not about the will of God. It's just about me. And that's not praying. Praying is, you know, God's, God's not telling us when he says cast our care on him to come uh, with the, the complaint department, if you would. But rather that we would see who he is 
that we would rejoice in who He is and in response to that, trust Him that whatever He's doing in our situation, we can rejoice over, we can give uh, praise to Him over. She uses that word horn in verse number 1. In verse number 10, that symbolizes strength or a strong person to the nation of Israel. To have your horn exalted meant to receive new strength from God. To be helped at a time of crisis. How many know that God is a helper, a very present help in time of need? That's what the Bible tells us. He is a very present help in time of need. The question is is whether or not you exercise that presence in that need. That you understand it and that you exercise it. That you understand that the joy of the Lord can be your strength. And here in her situation, just kind of a continuation from this morning. After she received the blessing, she gave up the blessing she, she, she sacrificed what she was given. She, she kept her vow to the Lord, but she, she rejoiced because she understood God's will was being done. That wasn't about her. That again, remember the hero of the story is the Lord. It's all about him and his will. Not only do we see uh, the joy of the Lord, but we see the majesty of the Lord. Verses 2 and 3. You know, uh, think about this. Why is it good for us to begin our praying with praising? Why is it good for us to begin our praying with praising? Well, the the reason is because it helps us focus on the glory of God and not on the greatness of our needs. The more we focus on the glory of God, the smaller the greatness, the smaller the the, the focus is on our needs, and and our needs become very small, and our God becomes very big. And hey, listen, when your needs become small and your God becomes big, you rejoice in the majesty of the Lord. You understand how big God is. You understand how big God is tonight? We have a great, big, awesome God who's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, whose thoughts are not our thoughts, whose ways are not our ways. We understand tonight we have an awesome God, a God worthy of worship, a worthy of praise. Uh, God help us when we can't find praise in our mouth because we're not thinking about the greatness of our God. You know, it's amazing sometimes how we can sing songs like we sang tonight and other songs and great songs of the faith, and then we sing these songs, doctrinal truths about the majesty of God, and we sit there not thinking about God, but thinking about other things. You know, worship is meant to cause us to have thoughts of God, not thoughts of self. You know, when we have thoughts of God and and we're not focused on, don't, don't come in worship focusing on you and your needs. Come and set your eyes on the King. Set your eyes on God. And when you set your eyes on God, again, your, your needs become very small and your God becomes very big. We have a big God. Notice the majesty of the Lord. Notice the grace of the Lord. Verses 4 through 8. God is holy and just, isn't he? You with me tonight? God is holy and just. You believe that? Say amen. He's holy and just. So God is holy and just, but he's also merciful and gracious. You know, um, doesn't often the Lord do things that catch us by surprise? Uh, I like that song, Your Grace Still Amazes Me. You know, amazing grace, how sweet the sound. Uh, We sang that tonight. Why is it amazing? Because it's amazing that God would do this for me. It's amazing that God would show grace to me in my present situation. It's amazing how unending, how, how unstoppable God's grace is in our lives. And it's surprising, isn't it? Because we don't deserve it. You ever get something you don't deserve and you're surprised? You get something you didn't expect? I tell you that nobody expected the 
the, the, the wonderful depth of the grace of God. That's not an expectation that we could even have. And by the way, it's not even something we can fully explain. How, how gracious our God is. How great He is, but how gracious He is. How awesome He is, but how gracious He is. How just and holy He is, but how gracious and loving and merciful He is. Only God could have that balance. Uh, to, be, to be awesome and, and, and just and holy, but gracious and merciful and loving. Notice she talks about in verse number 4, at uh, the end of verse number 4, they that stumbled are girded with strength. And he kind of, his grace, the ones that were stumbling were girded, the ones that were stumbling now had strength. The bows of the mighty men were broken. They that stumbled are girded with strength. They that um, were full have hired out themselves for bread. They that were hungry ceased. Hey, the people that were hungry got food. Uh, the, the people that had a lot who were trusting in what they had, uh, what they had, what their trust was in failed, but God didn't fail. That's what she's saying. What, what they were trusting and what they were focused on ended up failing. Listen, be careful trusting in bread. Be careful trusting in finances. Be careful trusting in strength, physical strength. You know, some trust in chariots, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. Because these things fail. Things that fail are not worthy of worship. Are you with me? Things that fail are not worthy of worship. God never fails, and He alone is worthy of worship. But sometimes we give worship to things that fail. We give credit to things that fail. We, we give our focus and attention to things that fail. Not only the graciousness of God and the greatness of God, but the protection of God. Look at um, verse number 8, the back half of verse 8. For the pillars of the earth are the Lord's, and He hath set the world upon them. How many know... How many know tonight and are thankful tonight that no matter how much science theory changes, God never changes? No matter how much that that they want to talk about how all of this is here because of a scientific cosmic accident, tonight we know that God has set the world in the way that it is that as much as we understand that maybe the devil is running, uh, running amok in the world that we live in, but this is still our Father's world. Uh, he's still in control. He, he still holds the king's heart in his hand and he turns it whithersoever he, he will. Hey, listen, no matter whether uh, the king uh, knows or understands fully all that what he's doing, hey, listen, when God's in control and when God is our focus, he can even take someone who is, someone who's not, ha- doesn't have a heart for God and get them to say things about God. Get them, get them to rejoice about God. You think about if God could use Nebuchadnezzar, he could use anybody. Think about that. If God could use Nebuchadnezzar to speak truth, you, you want to know about a wicked man, uh, study the life of Nebuchadnezzar. Wicked man in rule, but what happened? Hey, God's people. God's people began to pray. God's people began to get involved. God's people uh, began to actively uh, display their faith and turn that world upside down, and even the king could not could not speak out against God because he knew uh, who was really uh, to credit for all the things that were happening. He holds the king's hand. He holds the world in his hands, doesn't he? Even the pillars of, of the world. He, he will keep the feet of his saints. How many thankful for that tonight? Verse 9, he will keep the feet of his saints. Our God is able to keep us from falling. Hey, the, the, uh, the steps of a good man 
are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. Hey, listen, you and I, if it was just us, would have fallen and failed and been destroyed, even in our current state and situation, even the fact that we've been redeemed, even the fact that we that we have been justified by faith through the Lord. How many know that as believers, we still stumble, fall, and fail, and could utterly be destroyed? But our God keeps the feet of His saints. He's able to keep us from falling. I'm thankful that even though the just man falls seven times, he can rise up again. But I tell you, if any just man gets up again, it's because of the Lord. He's the one that raises up the just. God's protection, and then... Lastly tonight, the reign of the Lord. God is in control. Look at the end of verse number 10. Yeah, amen. The Lord shall judge the ends of the earth, and he shall give strength unto his king and exalt the horn of his anointed. Can I I say this tonight? Nobody was anointed king. There was no king in Israel. What is she talking about? There's no king in Israel. There's nobody anointed king in Israel. Israel has no king. Uh, by the way, Samuel was the one, by the, didn't he anoint the first king over Israel as the people's request? Saul becoming the first king over Israel. Hey, he anointed. The, there was, at this time, there is no king in Israel. What is she talking about? God's in control. God's sovereign. She must have known the prophecies of God's word. Didn't God promise a king was coming? Didn't God promise a plan was set? Didn't God promise that a Savior, a Messiah, uh, 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 the the Savior of the world was coming? Yeshua, the Savior Joshua foretold. Hey, listen, then all of a sudden David comes on the scene, a picture of the coming Christ, the beginning of the line of Christ. And what do we see now? We see the Lord Jesus Christ comes, our Savior, Emmanuel, God with us. Aren't you glad Jesus has come, the King, and He is King of kings and Lord of lords, and our God reigns, doesn't He? Hannah and Elkanah left their son in Shiloh. They returned to Ramah with joyful hearts and great expectation to see what the Lord would do. What a wonderful thing uh, to see a husband and wife dedicated to the Lord, worshiping him together, pray together, trust his word. Hannah went to the place of worship with a broken heart, but God gave her peace because she prayed and submitted to the will of God. That's how we should come before the Lord. Again, I'll close with, Uh, the same thought we began with, unbelievers don't understand how sacrifice and song is very much a part of the believer's life. How we can sing in sacrifice, from sacrifice, and how we can sing into sacrifice and come out of sacrifice singing. And that's what God wants to do in all of our hearts, that God would receive praise, that God would receive glory uh, from our lives. If God has used this ministry in any way to be a blessing to you, please take a moment to send us an email to info at opendoornj.org. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so online at opendoornj.org. Thanks for tuning in.